0: Two, We are here to fellowship with one another and to fellowship with the Father. What I'm going to share with you today is something that's very close to my heart, but let me just start with, an, with a, yeah, just an introduction. I just want you to know that your attitude in life will determine your altitude. In other words, how you perceive things will determine how high you can go in life. Amen. Amen. And let me give a simple example. You remember the story of David and the Israelites when they were facing the enemies, the Philistines? All the other Philistines were running away from the challenge that Goliath posed to them. But David said... What shall be given to anybody who can kill this uncircumcised Philistine and take the reproach away from Israel? Amen. Amen. Did you hear the attitude of David? So I want us to have an attitude that we are more than conquerors. When challenges come, have an attitude that they are there to be defeated. Amen. I want you to have an attitude that when troubles come they are there to be conquered. I want you to have an attitude that when I've got stumbling blocks I will turn them into stepping stones. Amen. 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 That's a different attitude from the attitude of the of the Philist- of the Israelites the rest of the Israelite army. They were running away from the challenge. Do you know that even in the days we are living in, there are some Christians who run away from the challenge? Amen? Tell your neighbor, I hope it's not you. You need to confront the challenges. When challenges come your way, tell them they are there to be defeated. I want us to start with 1 John chapter 5. Verse 4 and 5 in the Contemporary English Version, and then I will tell you what we're going to talk about. CEV, 1 John 5, 4 and 5. Contemporary English Version, do you have it, Mr. MJ? 1 John 5, 4 and 5. Every
1: child of God can defeat the world, and our faith is what gives us this victory. No one can defeat the world without having
0: faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Did you see that verse? That verse to me is loaded. Because it shows that the world is troublesome. It shows that the world will not give you things easy way. You've got to defeat it. Amen. You've got to take authority. And defeat this world. Even your challenges. When your challenges are there, instead of you throwing your hands in the air and say, woe is me. No. Woe is not you. More than a conqueror is you. Amen. It means you start, need to start having a different attitude. Saying, I'm a child of God. I can defeat this world. I'm a child of God, I can defeat this world through my faith. So today I want us to talk about the life of faith. We'll take it as a series. But I like this because faith is supposed to be your way of life. Not an option only when you are in trouble. Do you know that people usually would say, hey, things are tough now, I think I need to use my faith. You were supposed to be using your faith all the way through. You were supposed to be living by faith in everything you do. You don't have to wait for challenges to exercise your faith. Amen. Go with me to the book of, first, uh, of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. We'll do it in the New King James Version so that you can see that God has availed his power to us as his children, here on the earth, that we may live in victory on the earth. Jesus says when he prays for his disciples, he says, I do not say that you need to take them out of this world, but I say preserve them from the evil one. So indeed, the evil one is there. You don't have to be taken out of this world. You have to be preserved from the evil one. You've got to conquer this cruel world through your faith. And if I were to ask here and say, any of you who have got a challenge, we would all lift up our hands and say, we've got something that needs to be conquered. You've got something that needs to be conquered. Something that needs to be subdued. Something that needs to be under your feet. In the name of Jesus. Romans 1, 16 and 17, New King James. For I am not ashamed of the gospel
1: of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the
0: just shall live by faith. Amen. Okay, I want to pick something here. This is powerful. It says the gospel of Christ is the power of of God unto salvation to those who believe the only problem is that sometimes we we, we we interpret or translate that word salvation only meaning to be saved when you accepted Jesus but the word salvation is all-encompassing it means salvation deliverance healing sound mind so in other words, it's all encompassing. So if I, if I give you the Mukosi version of this, <laughs> Romans 1, 16, I would say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God that he uses to save everyone who believes. So it means if you are believing God for healing, the gospel, the word of God is that power that you need. You remember the, the Bible says, 107 Psalms verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So it means if you can have that word, whatever situation that you are facing, your saving grace is the word of God. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to save everyone who believes. So if I have a financial need and I take the word and I'm faithful in my giving, I will be saved. If there are things that are threatening my life and I need protection and I go and take the word of God about protection, I will be saved. If I do not know Jesus and I hear the word that says everyone who comes to the Lord should believe in the Lord and confess and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and accept that he has died for my sins and I believe that word and I confess it, I get saved. Amen. So he says the gospel or the word of God, the good news, is the power that God uses. To rescue us. Other meaning of that word salvation means to be rescued. The many things that you want to be delivered from, may it be sickness, may it be any other thing that you need deliverance from, the word of God is that power that you need to be rescued. Amen? That's why you can take anything away from me, but if you leave me with the word, I'm sorted. Because through the word, I can have anything in life. Amen. Amen. Through the word, I get healed. Through the word, I get protected. Through the word, the Lord supplies all my needs. Through the word, I've got sound mind. Through the word, I've got the peace of God. Amen. So when I have the word, I see the word as that power of God to save us. it says to save all those who believe then verse 17 says for in it in it what in the gospel in the word the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith so it means through the word we start understanding the righteousness of god from faith the first faith is when you accepted jesus as your lord and savior to faith The second faith is the faith that you need to live every day by as a child of God. You don't accept Jesus by faith and then start living any other way. You need the same faith. Can I ask you a question? Any of you has accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Okay. Have you ever seen Jesus? You accepted him by? faith. So the same way that you accepted Jesus without seeing him. You can use the same faith to receive anything from God without seeing it. Are you getting me? So when he says from faith to faith he is showing us that you have already used your faith. Every child of God for you to be a child of God you used faith. You believed there is a God but you haven't seen God. You believe that Jesus died for your sins, but you haven't seen him. You believed it. And now, to you, it's no longer a question anymore. People can't convince you anyway, isn't it? (laughs) Even if they come a scientist or whatever, they can't convince you that Jesus did not come and die for your sins. It's a settled fact. Amen? So that was the faith that I used when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But here it says, from faith... To faith. So the power of God is revealed through the gospel from faith to faith. So the first faith, all of us as children of God, we've done that. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's why it will be difficult for you to defeat this world. But if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've done it by faith. So you need the same faith to live every day. As much as you accepted Jesus without seeing him, as much as you pray to God without seeing him, as long as you do anything in your relationship with God without necessarily seeing him, then you can use the same faith to receive from God before you see. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then he says, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I like this. It doesn't say the just will have option to use faith when things are tough. So I see faith as God's way of doing things. I see faith as the currency of the kingdom of heaven. Do you know that every country has got its own currency? In South Africa, if you want to tra- to transact, you need rents. Okay? That's our form of transaction. So in the kingdom of God, the currency you need is faith. And the good thing with this currency is not only a currency, it's also the language of our kingdom. In our kingdom, we speak faith. Tell your neighbor, in our kingdom, in our kingdom. We, speak we speak faith. In our kingdom... We don't speak defeat. defeat. Amen. Amen. We overcome the enemy. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at this tightly and say, I have used faith to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to use faith to defeat this world. I've used faith to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to use faith to overcome every challenge. You've got challenges, isn't it? Use your faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. And use your faith like a mechanic uses a tool. Okay. Any of you have a car? Most of you have got cars. Okay. How many of you have ever tried to take out a wheel, a tire? Uh, Go for those nuts with your hands tight as they are and you try to and to 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 loosen them does it work you will say it is impossible isn't it you will say that because you are using a wrong tool now take a wheel spanner What happens? It is now possible because you are using the right tool. So can you use your faith like a mechanic uses a tool? Amen. So in other words, when your mind says it is impossible, look for your spanner, your faith, faith in the word. And then you start using your faith. You start seeing how simple it is. Amen. But when you think of it using your own natural abilities you will say it is impossible. Go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. King James Version KJV. Galatians 2:20. Because when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, I take it that actually when the Lord was ministering this to me, I know this subject of faith is close to my heart, very close to my heart. But I was even getting more and more excited to see that actually in everything I do, I need to walk by faith. Amen. Even on the things that you think you're still going to be able to do them. It teaches you to depend on God. Because sometimes you find that the things that we think we want to do, we move on it because it looks like the right option. But you haven't consulted God and you land in trouble. So it means you could have even think that to you makes simple logic. You could have still said, I depend on God. And you say the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord direct my steps. Amen. Galatians 2.20 KJV.
1: I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave gave
0: himself for me. Another powerful verse. I am crucified with Christ. So it means it's for those who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I said, he has died for my sins, so I've died with him. Okay? Now he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Now, if you are crucified, you are dead. Isn't it? <laughs> but then he says, nevertheless, I live." How? Paul, how do you get crucified or how do you die and nevertheless you live? Now he explains it. Because if he just said, I'm crucified with Christ, but I live. You are going to be confused. So he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. In other words, it is no longer me who lives. That's why when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become a new creation. The old creature is gone. You are a brand new person. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. Is that you? More than a conqueror. That's who I am. Can we all say more than a conqueror? Than <coughs> a conqueror. That's, who I am. That's who I am. In other words, I'm not a victim. I'm a conqueror. Amen. 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 So he says, Nevertheless, I live. But it is not I who is living. It is Christ You are low dead. Tell your neighbor, I'm low dead. <laughs> it says you are dead, but in you, who is living in you? Christ. It is Christ who lives in me. Now it's a different game. I've got the Jesus factor now. I see challenges the way Jesus used to see challenges. Amen. Because if it was still me, I would perceive challenges this way. But I'm crucified with Christ. I am dead in him. Nevertheless, I live, but it is not me who lives, but Christ lives in me. Now, do you think Christ can be defeated? Do you think Christ is scared? So, when you are afraid, the Bible says, we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So, whatever you were afraid of, It is that old you who was trying to be afraid. But the Jesus in you doesn't get afraid because he doesn't have the spirit of fear. He's got the spirit of faith. So he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Okay. And the life which I now live, I told you today we're talking about the life of faith. So the life which I now live. Any of you who's alive now? Amen. Amen. So the life that you are now living, how should you live it? Did you get it? The life which I now live in the flesh. I live by? Do you? Do you? Really? Really? If not, this is repentance time. The word comes to awaken us. So that when people of the world says things are tough, you know uh, the rent is even tumbling and we will even pack our cars, we will no longer even have food, we will no longer even afford petrol. You say, the life that I now live, I live, I live by the faith of the son of God. I speak like Christ. I don't speak like the world. Amen. And I like what it says here and why I like it in the King James Version is because it does not say I live by the faith in the Son of God. It's the same. You could use in the Son of God but I like it in the King James where it says I live by the faith of the Son of God. So it means whose faith are you using? Jesus' faith. Tell your neighbor I've got the Jesus kind of faith. The faith that cannot be defeated. The faith that that does not run away from challenges. challenges. Amen. Amen. The faith that changes things. The faith that turns things right side up. Amen. 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 And if you look at what Jesus did when he was on the earth, you've got that faith. He says, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ is living in me. So Christ is continuing to live through me. He wants to continue to touch lives through me. He wants to continue to change situations through me. That's why in the book of John, he says, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they will do. Even greater works than this because I'm going to my father. So I go to my father, but I remain in them. So that I can continue to do the works of the Father. So he says, I live by the Son of God, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want us to look at how Jesus exercised his faith. Because you say you are living by the faith of Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. So that verse, the one in Galatians, you can say, I live by the faith of as it's put in the old King James Version. But other versions will say by the faith in the Son of God. Yes, it's also right to say the faith that you have, you have faith in God. But I want us to look at it as first as the faith of Jesus. So let's look at how Jesus used faith. How Jesus lived on the earth. Do you think Jesus sometimes had sleepless nights and depression and stress? Ish. I don't know what else we'll do. Do you think so? Do you think sometimes Jesus will be so sick that he wouldn't be able to minister? Hey, Jesus didn't come today, he's sick. Do you think so? I think Jesus lived on the earth and subdued every force of darkness to show us that you can live on the earth and live in victory. Amen. So go with me to the book of John chapter 12, verse 49, New King James Version. I want to start with the attitude of Jesus and then we are going to go to Mark and look at the faith of Jesus. John 12, 49, New King James Version. For I
1: have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I shall say and what I shall
0: speak. Did you get that? So the same way that the Bible says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, Jesus, I believe that when Jesus was on earth, he was saying, I live by the faith of God, my father. So here he says, I don't speak anything of my own authority. I only speak as the Lord has given me the command. Do you see that? It takes discipline. It takes discipline to only speak as you are commanded by your kingdom. It's a great and easy temptation for us to speak like the world, isn't it? When everybody is complaining, we complain with them. You remember the Israelites used to complain so much that one time God even opened the earth and all those were complaining and then they were swallowed. Yeah, God wants people who use faith, not complainers. There is no medal for complaining. Tell your neighbor, there's no medal. For complaining. So you can as well stop it. (laughs) It doesn't help. Isn't it? Jesus even says, who of you by worrying can change anything? So use your faith. So he says, I don't speak of my own accord. I only speak what the father commands me to speak. And this thing then, it, it challenged me. I started seeing how Jesus used his faith. You know that sometimes, during the time of Jesus, he would come to a place, and a lot of people are sick. And the one who exercises his faith gets healed, and Jesus still continue moving, and the others, he left them. Remember even when Jesus was in that crowd, when the the woman with the issue of blood, we hear about her getting healed. But we don't hear about others. Okay? Which to me says, when Jesus says, when I exercise my faith, I also get guided in using faith. Because sometimes you just meet everything and you want to fight everything. Sometimes the Lord says, leave this one. Amen. Leave that one. There is a reason why that one should go that way. You remember when Lazarus was sick? Hmm? The book of John 11. So people sent people to Jesus. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, your friend whom you love, Lazarus, is sick nigh unto death. And did Jesus get moved and quickly run? To to, to Lazarus' house. Hey, we heard that Lazarus is sick, guys. Let's get there. Lazarus is sick. Let's go. Lazarus is sick. Let's go. Is that what Jesus did? Uh Uh-uh. He relaxed. He said, but don't you know that Lazarus is sick and will have problem? Because if you delay, he's going to die. Then he said, this sickness is not unto death. But he saw that the father may be glorified. He stayed. And Lazarus did what? (laughs) Lazarus died. Now, they told him when he could have still gone on time. eh? And because his faith is not directed by circumstances, unlike yours. The faith of Jesus is subservient to the authority from on high. So he said, I don't have to panic now. I see it. You remember the words that Jesus used to like saying? Actually, I heard this verse. In John chapter 7, verse 6, he says, For you, your time is always ready for me. This is not my time yet. Jesus did not do anything anytime. He would say, it is not time yet to do this. So when Lazarus was sick, Jesus did not rush. Tell your neighbor, when Lazarus was sick, Jesus did not rush. He stayed. And Lazarus died. And after Lazarus was dead, imagine the Thomases next to him. He he just told us, this sickness is not unto death. And you know how Jesus did it. He said, guys, let's go to Bethany. Our friend Lazarus is what? Asleep. How readest thou thy Bible? (laughs) He said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. Let's go and wake him. He said, "Ah, but if he's asleep, he will be all right. We don't need to go there. Then he spoke the language they understood. Lazarus is dead. What do you think the doubting Thomases were thinking now? But but he just told us, Lazarus won't die. Don't you think so? Hmm. He said, let's go. And as he was going there, the sisters of Lazarus, the first thing they do when they see Jesus, they say, if you were here, our brother would not have died. It's because you delayed. You didn't panic when we told you. You didn't rush. If you were here, our brother would not have died. Jesus said, your brother will leave. They said, we know that he will rise again when everybody else rises. We needed him in this life. Jesus said, If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Tell your neighbor, if you believe, you you will see see the glory of of God, God. even in your challenge. challenge. Amen. Amen. When they say Lazarus is dead, when they say your situation is hopeless, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And Jesus went to the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Lazarus came back to life. Now I want to ask you a question. I'm the Bible continues. It says the fame of Jesus went abroad all over. Do you think if Jesus had gone and healed Lazarus, the time when, let's say he panicked quickly rushed and went and healed Lazarus, and now that Jesus... Lazarus was allowed to die and be resurrected. Which one is a greater miracle? So don't you think sometimes when your challenges are more difficult, that's actually the chance for a bigger testimony? Tell your neighbor, some of my problems are so big. (laughs) That's an opportunity for bigger testimony. Yeah. Because if he went there, when Lazarus, he rushed, healed him, I don't know how much fame he would have received. But now all of a sudden, hey, Jesus heals the, uh, resurrects the dead. And there were a lot of testimonies. The other time, Pastor Josephine preached about the power of testimony, saying other people wanted to kill Lazarus so that they can kill the testimony. Because now people were keeping on saying, you see that man there? That man was dead. And Jesus Resurrected him from the dead. Now, it started being a vehicle of preaching the gospel. So sometimes even your situation, when it's hopeless and even people at your workplace, people, your relatives, when they have written you off, and then God comes through for you, may you be a living testimony on your own. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes, let them, let You must become a living testimony on your own. Because that's why I say I love the faith of Jesus. That's his faith. The faith of Jesus does not panic. Tell your neighbor, the faith of Jesus does not panic. It's the same situation. Let me give you another example. You remember in the book of Mark chapter 5. Somebody came and said, my daughter is sick. Come quickly to my place. My daughter is sick. She's at, the, she's at the point of death. Now Jesus is going with her. In the story I told you about the woman with the issue of blood. Now there was a crowd. And then there was this woman with the issue of blood in the crowd who also had faith. And she touched Jesus' garment, and she got healed. And you know that testimony will pick it another time. But that was delaying Jesus. You know what happened immediately after he healed that and we was talking who's the person and all that? The word came from that person. The person was going with Jesus here to heal the daughter. Why did the word come and say? need to read your Bible. I can't read the Bible for you all the time. (laughs) You must also read your own Bible. Okay. Says, Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. What do you think if it was today, especially in the modern day that we're living in, and you were that man, you came to Jesus first. Who was supposed to be helped first? Yeah. I, I'm taking this man to heal my daughter with a point of death. Now somebody comes, interrupts, gets a miracle. Now Jesus is attending to this one and now my daughter dies. Is it fair? He would have been starting to talk about rights and fairness and all the things and, and, and nepotism and everything. And, 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 and you see, some of us, we, we come first, but we always pushed back in the queue and this and this and this and this. Then when they said that, what did Jesus say? He said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. I want you to look at the faith of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus overhearing them. He said, fear not. Only believe. Because when you hear your daughter is dead, do you think you get excited? Yes, Lord. Except if you had a policy. <laughs> Probably that's the only time. But otherwise, you would be feeling down, isn't it? So he says, Fear not, only believe. Because when we hear bad news, fear usually comes. Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, fear also comes by hearing the bad news. So he says, Fear not, only believe. And Jesus went with him. What happened to that daughter? Resurrected from the dead. Tell your neighbor it's easy with Jesus. <laughs> but that Jesus is in me now. Uh, now you're no more bold. <laughs> you know? You know, when we say it's easy with Jesus, we all say it's easy with Jesus. But when I say you need to say, now that Jesus is in me. (laughs) Uh, Jesus is in me. (laughs) Why are you no longer that confident? Because you will be expected to do what Jesus did. But it is Jesus in you doing his work. It is not you. Amen. Amen. So it means if we say it's easy with Jesus, you remember the other time, Again, this is another story about Jesus. Somebody had a son who was a demon possessed and that spirit was, it was giving epileptic fit. Remember? And then the father came to the disciples of Jesus. It's in Mark chapter 9. The father came to the disciples of Jesus and said, heal this son of mine. He's tormented by evil spirits. And when he is caught up with seizures or fits, he even falls into fire. He's being troubled. Heal him. And the, the, the disciples could not heal him. And when Jesus came, the father says to Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples to heal him. They could not heal him. Lord, If you can, have mercy on us and heal my son. And how did Jesus answer? Mark 9, I think the last time I saw it, it was in verse 23. And the good thing with the word of God that it remains there. So he says, what do you mean if I can?" Okay, read 9, 23. I believe it's still there. It's not part of the menu.
1: Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes.
0: <laughs> Did you see that? So let's let start it the other way. This man says to Jesus, if you can, the verse before, if, if you can, have mercy on us and heal my son. Jesus says, Read it again. Jesus says, Jesus said to him, mm-hmm. If you can believe. Oh, so this man wants Jesus to believe. And what did Jesus say? If you can believe. How? Oh. So that's why I say sometimes you have to do the believing yourself. Yeah. He says, If you can believe, all things are possible to him. They are possible to what? To him who believes. You know, like the one I asked you now, and you said, all things are possible to Jesus. Do You know that we can all say, all things are possible to God. Can we say that? All things are possible to God. All are possible. Nothing, is God. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible to me.
1: All things are possible to me. Amen.
0: That verse says, If you can believe, it doesn't say all things are possible to God. We know that. That's Luke. Is it 127? All things are possible to God. But here now, you have the faith of God. You have the faith of Jesus. Now, if you can believe all things are possible to who? Can we all say... To me. Yeah. If you can believe all things are possible to you. You get that? I'm not sure if you're getting it. But I'm excited because I'm starting to see that instead of me keeping on saying all things are possible with God, I start there. I can say all things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. But now I bring it closer to me. Say, because I believe, all things are possible with me who believe. Is that not a verse? Why is it that it says all things are possible to him who believes? It's because now I have the faith of Jesus. The same faith that God used, the same faith that Jesus used is in me. So I can also use that same faith and get things done. Go with me to the book of Mark. Chapter 11, verse 12 to 14, New King James Version, and then we will do 20 to 26. So we are starting to look at the faith of Jesus. Because we're talking about the life of faith. So now we're looking at the faith of Jesus. Mark 11, 12 to 14, New King James Version. And then we will do 20 to 26, New King James Version.
1: Mark 11. Now, the next day, when they had came, came, come out of Bethany, he was hungry.
0: So it's Jesus. Okay, so I want to show you something. When Jesus was on the earth, he was 100% a human being like you and I. That's why he was born as a little baby. Like any other baby. He grew up like any other baby. He even got hungry. You remember the Bible says. After fasting 40 days, 40 nights. He became hungry. You remember. When he was at the with the, 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 the pool there with, the, with uh, the at the well with the Samaritan woman and he was thirsty. You remember at the tomb of Lazarus, John 11:35, 35, and Jesus wept. So when he was on the earth, he was like you and I. So now it says, when he came from Bethany, he was hungry. Why I like The book of Mark. Actually, Mark talks about the humanity of Jesus. Okay? Talks about the son of man. So, when it says he was hungry, I think it should teach us to say Jesus was a human being, like you and I, when he was on the earth. Okay, he was hungry. And seeing from afar
1: a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he will find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves,
0: for it was not the season for the figs. Okay, now, if you look at verse 12 and verse 13, do you think Jesus was operating as God? Does does God get angry? Does God not know everything? So, invested in it says, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. Does God do that? No. So, he was operating as you and I with the same human limitations that you and I have. But he used his faith. So now look, verse 14, when he did not find figs, In
1: response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples had it.
0: Okay, now we are talking about the life of faith and we are looking at the, the, the faith of Jesus. In response, who was Jesus responding to? Yeah, he was responding to the victory. He was responding to his challenge. So, don't you know that your challenges, when they are coming to you, they are demanding your response? When that pain on your back, when that he- severe headache is coming to you, is demanding your response to use your faith. Now, imagine. That severe backache or that headache. Now it pains you and is very painful. And imagine your response Your way. My head. This headache will kill me. Have you responded to it? It's going to kill you. In response, Jesus said to it, let no man eat from eat from you fruit from you ever again. And can I tell you, Jesus was not just thinking in his heart? Many people say, No, I know what I'm believing, it's in my heart. <laughs> Jesus said to it, and his disciples. Heard it, just like they heard him when he was talking about Lazarus. Are you getting this? Now, (laughs) again, imagine what the Thomases were thinking about. I don't know. I think he only doubted that time, but I'm just using the word Thomas. It's meaning the doubters. Hey, (laughs) he just spoke to the tree now. And he says it will never bear any fruit. What if it bears fruit and people eat the fruit? Hey, Jesus t- liked taking risks, man. Don't you think that's what the doubters would be doing? Yeah, he just said, no one eat fruit from you here after forever. And his disciples had it. So what did Jesus do to try and help a miracle? <laughs> you know if it was some of you. Just In case, I think we've got to cut this tree or even dig it off. Or even pour some, you know, like you can use weed eater to kill some of the things. So I'm not sure. Pour something to kill this, at least to aid my faith. You've got to be realistic. You've got to be practical. Jesus doesn't do that. He knows that his words are as powerful as done. He says, no one eat fruit from you here after forever. And he was speaking to a tree. Do you speak to your troubles? Or do you only speak about your problems? You like telling everybody about how much in trouble you are. You are not responding to it. You are worsening it. You need to start responding to it. When that headache is pounding and that. You say, in the name of Jesus. Headache, I command you to stop now. You've got no hold in my body. Amen? Amen? When others are catching flu and they say it's winter season, we will catch flu, you need to say, I don't catch flu, I catch the weight. I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I walk in divine health. I'm responding to it. Even when the voice is hoarse, As if you've got symptoms of flu. Instead of you confirming the flu, you confirm the word. You speak the word. And say, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. And they say to you, you don't look healed. And you say, I didn't say I look healed. I said I am healed. Amen. 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 And that's what the word says about me. I am what God's word says I am. Now Jesus says, No one eat fruit from you here after forever. He walks, they continue with his disciples to Jerusalem from Bethany. They went there. Now, the next morning, hey, go to verse 20. Because this is interesting. You know what some of the people could have thought? When he said, no one eat fruit from you here after forever, you would have thought If we could just, if we are away from this place, we will never know whether people ultimately ate fruits or not. So it's safer. But then, you don't have to wait that long. The following day, let's all say the following day. Okay, in the morning, Mr. MJ. Now, in the morning,
1: as they pass by, They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots.
0: I want you to look at verse 20 and contrast it to verse 14. Verse 14, in response, Jesus does what? He said. He doesn't see. He speaks. He speaks what he believes. But in verse 20, as they passed by, the disciples did what? They saw. (laughs) but was this faith now when you see it is it faith it's too late for faith tell your neighbor it's too late for faith faith. because when you see it everybody sees it so when they saw the fig tree I like this how did the fig tree dry up people are you seeing this I I like the way it says they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots can I ask you a question do you think it started drying up from the roots when they saw it I believe it started drying up from the roots from the moment that Jesus spoke it's just that they could not see the roots But the fig tree had dried up from the roots. So some of your challenges, tell your neighbor, some of my challenges are drying up from the roots. Even if my eyes still see the leaves to be green, but they are drying up from the roots. Amen. 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 Because with your eyes, you're still seeing it green. How many of you know that if I cut a tree now, now, and you look at the leaves. Do the, leaf, the leaves look dry. But do you wait and say, hey, I just want to make sure this tree is dead. You know it's dead. Even before you can see the leaves dry. Because you've done the work. So may your faith do the work. Tell your neighbor, may your faith do the work. Yes, and I believe, do you know that these days we hear a lot of our people being attacked by sickness, especially cancer. I hate cancer, in Jesus' name. So I want you, my children, to confess for yourself. When you confess healing, you need to also speak. You don't have to wait to be attacked to use your faith. Use your faith all the time. So you've got to speak words like, I thank God that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not a temple of sicknesses. Every disease, every virus and every disease gem that touches my body dies in the name of Jesus. Every cancer cell that touches my body dries up. In Jesus' name, yes. it's got no hold in this body. Yes. Amen. Amen. You start speaking it, telling it, because you know that sometimes they would say, Hey, your cancer is now far advanced, and that you could have spoken to it even before it came. Start speaking your faith all the time and let the life of Jesus be manifested in your body. Let the spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead quicken your mortal body. And speak the word. Exactly. Tell your neighbor, speak the word. Exactly. Okay, now they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. So they are only seeing now. Tell your neighbor, senses come late. Senses come late. Faith, is Faith is ahead. So according to Jesus, don't you think? Do you think that Jesus was still thinking, we'll see tomorrow if it will be dry? Jesus knew that when I've spoken, it is done. Now they say, when they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, 21. And Peter, remembering, said to him. How did Peter, why did, how did Peter remember? Because he Because had. he had. Yes. Now some of you want to claim the glory <laughs> when it has happened. No, I was praying for it. I used my faith there. Now that it has happened. But you didn't tell us before it happened that it's going to happen that way. You want to claim the glory, but you didn't tell us when you were exercising faith. Because just in case it doesn't happen, I don't want people to. Uh -uh. Peter remembered because Jesus spoke openly. He said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cast has withered away. Hey, people, I like faith. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus say to the fig tree, fig tree, I curse you? No. Huh? I didn't hear him saying, fig tree, I curse you. What does this mean then? It means some of the words we speak are a curse. You don't have to say, I'm cursing you. If you can say to your child, head, stout, naughty, The tree you are cursing. When that child tomorrow becomes a gangster, mommy, the child you just cursed is a gangster today. So it means when people say the children nowadays, they don't even listen to parents, they all get into drugs, they all become this and this and this, you need to say, as for my children, they will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Even if they are going astray, they will come back to the ways of the Lord. I'm not going to help the enemy by speaking words of curse over my children. And don't even speak curse over yourself. <laughs> the young ladies, some of you, it seems the time for marriage is really taking time and for all these years, hey, I'm now in my 30s, I'm in my 40s and things are not hey, you know, maybe it's I can see now because even in our family and, Nobody ever gets married that way. My sister. So if Peter was nearby, he would say, my sister. The sister you just cursed is not getting married. You said it. Amen. So it means even if my eyes see this, I'm not going to speak what I see. I'm going to speak what I believe. Because I live by the faith of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The faith of Jesus is not moved by sight. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight. So he says, The fig tree which you cast is withered away. Now, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, What did Jesus say now? Have faith in God. What would some of you have said if <laughs> you, you said something and it happened? You would have started a ministry. isn't it the Lord is powerfully using me my brother I just somebody just rose up from the wheelchair it's a sign that God wants to use me we're going to start a ministry said have faith in God in other words according to him the chapter that, that happened yesterday already it's too late man have faith in God In other words, you are talking about me speaking to the fig tree. But do you know that it's not happening just because it's me? You know I'm a human being like you. I get hungry. You know I'm a human being like you. I went to the fig tree thinking I will find find fruits and there were no fruits. But I used my faith. So have faith in God. How do we have faith in God? Verse 23.
1: Mr. MJ? For assuredly I say to you,
0: whoever says to this mountain... Okay. Did Jesus say, for assuredly I say to you, this victory dried up because I'm a powerful man of God? No, 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 no. He says, whoever. assuredly I say unto you,
1: whoever.
0: Tell your neighbor, whoever includes me, Tell your neighbor, I am the whoever that's referred to here. What happens to whoever? Whoever says. Whoever says to this mountain. Hey, now, again, faith. I like faith because faith does not grumble. Faith does not go talk to the neighbors about how big the mountain is. Faith speaks to the mountain. Mm. Jesus, in response to it, to the fig tree. So even with you, with your faith, speak to your mountain. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. Uh-huh.
1: Be removed and be cast into the sea uh-huh. and does not doubt in his heart. Yes. But believes that those things he says
0: will be done. He will have whatever he says. Can we, can we look at that last word together? Can we read it together as Mr. MJ is reading? He will. Let's all say He will. He will have have, have whatever, whatever, whatever he, he says. says. Can we do it for ourselves now? I, I will, have will have whatever, whatever, whatever I, I say. Says. It's not about my neighbor. Amen. I will have what I say. So if people can gossip about me and say whatever they say, they can say whatever they say. I won't have what they say. I will have what I say. I I'm the master of my destiny. Yes. Amen. It says he will have whatsoever, he says. Did you see again? If you believe all things are possible to him who believes. He doesn't say he will have 50% of the things, he says. So now where did you get the 50% from? Sometimes it works, my sister. Sometimes it doesn't work. It depends all on God. That's not a verse. My verse says, If I believe and my faith was guided by God, I will have whatsoever I say. Therefore I say to you, What things soever you ask when you pray, today we're going to pray, believe that you receive them and You will have them. Now, those of you who have done English, it's not English class now, but the word believe that you receive them, is that a future tense, past tense, or present tense? Believe that you receive them. When do you believe? When you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive them. And... You will have them. But I believe I receive them now. I receive, I have it now. I speak like somebody who has it. And it's drying up from the root. So it's already starting. My miracle is aligning. My miracle is in motion. And the faith, we're talking about the faith of Jesus. Jesus. I told you that when Jesus exercised faith, he was using the same faith that God had. So let's begin our descent. We'll pick up next time because we need to have time to pray. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 to 3, good news translation. Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 3, good news translation. So Jesus, when he was on the earth, he used faith. But he was using the faith of God. So he had faith in God, but he also had the faith of God. I've got faith in God, but I also have the faith of God. It's the same faith. So Genesis chapter 1, 1, 2, 3, good news translation.
1: In the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth
0: was formless and desolate. Okay. How was the earth when God created the universe? Formless. Formless and desolate. Uh
1: The raging ocean that covered everything was engulfed
0: in total darkness. So in total darkness. That's what you could see with your eyes. Mm. That's how the situation was like. Mm. Total darkness. Let's all say total darkness.
1: Total darkness. Okay. And the spirit of God was moving over the
0: water. Okay, now, verse 3. So when there is total darkness, I want to ask you what Jesus did. When the fig tree did not do what he wanted, Jesus spoke to it. Okay? Now there is darkness. What do you think God should do? You think God should say, ish, it's so dark. What would have happened if God said, it's so dark. What would have happened? There would have been light. No. So why now do you keep on speaking your darkness when you want light? Huh? You can't keep on speaking your problem when you want a solution. So when it was dark, verse 3. Then God commanded. I like giving command. Tell your neighbor, I like giving command. I'm a king. king. I decree, I make decrees. decrees. In the book of Job, it says you shall decree a thing and it will be established for you. So God commanded, let
1: there be light and light appeared.
0: Amen. 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 Jesus spoke to the fig tree and he said, "We can speak to our mountains." God spoke to darkness and said, "Let there be light." And what happened? Without Eskom. <laughs> huh? I mean, if it were some of you, <laughs> you would think you've got to be realistic, man. Just by speaking. We are talking, we are, be serious, God. You need some solar system. Mm -mm. God doesn't work like that. His faith is all you need. He says, He commands, let there be light. And what happened? Light appeared. You know, even when it was, when the trees came on earth and all that. Do you know that God did not plant trees? Tell your neighbor, God did not plant trees. He doesn't have Abba Day. Okay? What does God do when he wants trees to come? Speaks to the ground and say, Trees, come up. Psst, trees. How? As simple as that. How long do you think it would have taken God if he was doing things the way you do them? To create the whole universe, plant the trees all over the world, birds all over the world, fish everywhere. So God would just speak. That's faith. Amen? Amen. So sometimes some of the challenges we are having, they are taking too long because we are always thinking of them in our natural minds. We sometimes need to speak our faith. Speak what you believe. So let's wind down with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I know I still had many things to share with you. We'll pick it up next time. So I'll take 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, and then go to the two verses that I will end with. 2 Corinthians 4.13. King James Version, Mr. MJ. KJV.
1: We having the same spirit of faith according according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also
0: believe and therefore speak. How does the, the spirit of faith work? You believe and and speak. speak. We have the same. Tell your neighbor, I have the same same spirit of faith faith. as God had, as As Jesus had. I believe believe. and I speak. And I I don't speak my circumstances. I speak speak what I believe. Amen. Amen. That is faith. So in other words, I have the same spirit of faith. I speak what I believe and it is done for me. Okay, now, let's land with Galatians chapter 4, verse 22 and 23 NLT, Zechariah 4, 6 to 10, contemporary English version. We're landing with these two so that I give you some time that we can pray together. Galatians 4, 22 to 23 NLT, New Living Translation. The Scripture say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and the other one from his freeborn wives. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. I want you to look at this son. How was the son of a slave woman born? Human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. It means as human beings, sometimes we attempt to help God. That's exactly what Abraham and Sarai did with, the, with Ishmael. You remember God said, you will have many children. And now days are going and they were not, things were not happening. Now human attempt to help God. You can go to Hagar will have a son. And God doesn't say you have solved my problem. What does God do? The son of a freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Tell your neighbor, allow God to fulfill his own promise in your life. Don't try to help God you will be an Ishmael. You try to, be, to help God. You know it's like this thing. <laughs> you're trusting God for something. Young ladies again, you're trusting God for a husband. And now, you think time is going? Start making some things. You get an Ishmael. When the real one comes, now Ishmael is there and you can't kill Ishmael. Now that one is there. Your Isaac comes and Ishmael is already there. Now you will have the problem like the problem we have in the Middle East. You won't solve it. So you could have as well waited on God. Let God fulfill His promise. Because the other challenge as we are landing, so we're going to Zechariah now, go to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. The other challenge is this. When you try to help God, who was helping God before you were born? You remember what God said to Job? Job say, God says to Job, when you try to reason with me and you trying to help me, where were you when I was creating the heavens and the earth? Now all of a sudden you think you can help me. Because that word God means the self-existent one. God is God, he does not need my help. So when people say you've got to be realistic they want you to help God. you need to tell them before God was there before I was there God was God who was helping him so how are you expecting me to help God? Let God be God. you remember the story of Baal Jeruzab- Jeru- Baal, Gideon when he had destroyed the goddess of those people there, Baal, and then they were say, we're going to punish Gideon because he destroyed our God. And what did Gideon's father say? He said, if Baal is God, why do you fight for him? He must defend himself. Actually, you people who are saying you want to punish my son for, 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 for destroying your gods, you are the ones who are undermining your God. You should be the ones who get punished. Because if Baal is God, let him show that he is God. Can I tell you my God is God? My God is God. And let him be God. We conclude with Zechariah 4, 6 to 10. We'll pick it up next week, next time. Zechariah 4, 6 to 10, contemporary English version. So this is how simple God has made things to be. He wants us to depend on him, and not on our own strength, not on our own intellect, not even on our own abilities, but depend on God. So the angel explained that it was the following message of the Lord to Zerubbabel, I am the Lord all-powerful. So when he says, I am the Lord all-powerful, he says, I have all the power, I don't need help. So, don't depend on your own power or strength, but on my spirit. So, tell your neighbor, don't depend on your own power. Don't depend on your own ability. Depend on the spirit of God. Zerubbabel, that mountain in front of you will be leveled to the ground. Then you will bring out the temple's most important stone and shout, God has been very kind. The Lord spoke to me again and said, Zerubbabel laid the foundation for this temple, and he will complete it. Then everyone will know that you were sent by me, the Lord all-powerful. Those who have made fun of this day of small beginnings will celebrate when they see Zerubbabel holding this important stone. Those seven lamps represent my eyes, the eyes of the Lord." And they see everything on the earth. Now, the Bible says we shouldn't depend on our strength. We need to depend on God. Here they were going to build. And it says, the message has come that even in this building, you will not have to depend on yourself. You need to depend on God. We are also going to build, isn't it? But all of us, we do what we can. Okay, You give what you can, what you believe the Lord wants you to give. You, you do your best as a human being. That's what you give. But God is the one who's going to multiply and increase your steps. And you will see how it will be built. But be part of it. Amen. I know God will do it. But I'm part of it. Tell your neighbor, I know God will do it. But I'm part of it. So I'm encouraging all of us here, also to participate. The building fund chair, the building committee chairperson told us last week about the good, beautiful building that we're going to build. So encouraging all of you, we're going to build the house of the Lord, not by power nor by might, but by the spirit of the Lord. So you do your part, and God will do his part. Not by power nor by might. Actually, I love grace. As you're standing up, we're going to pray. You can stand up. I love, I like grace. Yesterday, uh, I was with Blessing and Mommy. And Blessing had played some games and he got a lot of tickets. You know these games where they get tickets and that. Then we wanted to go and Blessing felt he died. He doesn't want to use those tickets. He wants to give them to somebody. There were many. And nobody asked for tickets. blessing just goes to this one boy. I could see the eyes of that boy. Is it for me? Yeah, that's yours, take it. Then for me, I thought this boy did not do anything to get those tickets. Do you know that? The boy was just there when favor was on its way coming. Then I thought, if this boy can just get things like that, favor also should surely be looking for me. Things should be looking for me where I will be found, man. Amen. So, it should work out. Just, I mean, he just tapped the boy. (laughs) He's yours. I mean, there was no criterion, man. Just, you were just at the right place at the right time. That's faith.